Welcome to Crosswalk Church. Pastor Chris is bringing us a message today, so go to cwlk.church to find this message under the Watch tab. There you can find the message notes to follow along. Here's Pastor Chris. One of the things that uh, so often comes to mind during the Christmas season, and, and one of the words that, that often floats around in my household, and maybe it's the same as yours, is chaos. That is sometimes how we feel during the Christmas season. I want to show you just a, a real quick video that explains why. Take a look. Season's greetings. I love Christmas, but then who doesn't? Christmas is great. But the thing I've learned after doing my job for so many years is this. Nothing so great should be easy. And that's where I come in. I'm Christmas Chaos. We've never met, but you know my work. I'm the unseen but ever-present force that stuffs your stockings full of stress and decks your halls with anxiety. to keep your calendar full with office parties and school plays, family dinners. I love to stuff your mailbox full of invitations to Christmas decorating contests and, I don't know, gift wrapping extravaganzas. Sure, you could just say no to all those things, but then you'd be a jerk and everyone would hate you. But you don't think these things tangle themselves, do you? Sometimes you make my job too easy for me. Sure, you could have paid 10 extra dollars to get the bike already assembled. You're too smart for that. Ooh. I'm going to pass up a golden opportunity when it presents itself. This is Christmas chaos reminding you that you could take a day off and relax, but then you'd be a jerk and everyone would hate you. I love that video for a lot of reasons. For one thing, I have always wondered who was responsible for tangling my Christmas lights. Now I know. But wouldn't you agree that too often, Christmas just seems so chaotic? The season that we, we sing about peace, but we so often long for it. And that's why it's so important for us that as we kick off this season, that we get a chance to kick off a new series and ask ourselves the question, what am I not going to do for Christmas this year? 
We're going to introduce to you this concept of simplicity today. The idea that something simple means that it's either easy to do or easy to understand, as opposed to something that is complex, which so often means that it's hard to do or hard to understand. And if you're anything like me, there are times where you just wish that life would be more simple. Now, I got to tell you, I find it somewhat ironic that, um, you know, my very first message here at Crosswalk is about simplicity and what not to do leading up to Christmas. Well, I'll tell you what not to do. How about not moving your family halfway across the country? It was anything but simple for us over the last couple of months. But the reality is, is that we long for simplicity in our life. We long for simplicity, especially during the Christmas season, and yet it's so hard to find. I love the fact that um, over the course of the last couple of weeks as I was writing this message, that I actually got to write the message outside in November. That just doesn't happen in Green Bay, Wisconsin, not unless I want to lose a couple fingers to frostbite. But one of the real blessings of getting a chance to do that was to just take a moment and go, ah, and to enjoy the beauties of God's creation while writing this message. And God willing, I look forward to getting to do that quite a bit more. But here's the question that we need to ask ourselves, the question that we're going to kind of use to to talk about this subject of, of simplicity versus complexity during the Christmas season, and that is this. Do you find yourself getting stressed out more during the holiday season? What do you think? Yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. I think most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we would agree that we find ourselves getting more stressed out. And we we want to simplify, but sometimes we just don't know how, do we? We just don't know how. You know, quite a few years ago, my wife and I uh, spent the better part of November and December uh, trying to shop for all the different gifts that we had to give to different people. So, you know, the, the kids' teachers, the kids' coaches, the extended family, And it just got to the point where we said, you know what? Enough is enough. Next year, we are going to simplify. And we did. And you want to know what happened? People got mad at us. Yeah. And and I think that sometimes that's the problem, isn't it? That we want to simplify, but we can't because we tend to worry about and care more about what people think than what Jesus thinks. You been there? I have. You want to know what? Your true confession. That was my personal struggle with writing this message. Because I believe that first impressions are important. That's why we take great care at Crosswalk in, in making sure that we have a clean patio area, that we have a clean worship area that looks nice. We, know, we understand that first impressions are a big deal. Well, here I am brand new pastor to Crosswalk, and I'm preaching my first message, and I'm freaking out. You want to know why? Because there's this part of me deep down inside that's like, what if they don't like me? 
What if they don't like me? Have you ever been there? That's the problem is that so often we care more about what people think that we lose sight of what Jesus thinks. And I think that sometimes is what plays into the traditions that we have during the Christmas season as well. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, just ask those people who spend their Christmas Eve or their Christmas Day going to three or four different family gatherings all in one day and ask them, what drives you? What motivates you? Because for some of them, they're going to a place where they don't really want to be there. But what drives you? Probably, deep down inside, they care about what their family thinks. Oh, and for some of us who, you know, after the, the crazy Christmas season, we get the credit card bill in January, and we ask ourselves, what was I thinking? Well, again, part of it is we care about what others think. And that's why we're willing to go into debt to buy gifts that the kids break within a day. Not that it ever happened in our household. But the reality is, is that we have all of these things, and they're good traditions, get-togethers, parties, wonderful meals, giving gifts. They're all wonderful traditions, but if they become the main thing because we care about what people think and less about what Jesus thinks, then that's a problem. That's our sin problem. And so Jesus helps us identify that. And Jesus says, I want you to simplify. And so this is where I, uh, I encourage you to open up your Bible or your Bible app um, to the first part of God's word that we're going to look at today in, in the eyewitness account of Luke chapter 10. And we're going to look at verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. And this is what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. You know, I can't imagine the pressure that Martha probably felt as she was thinking to herself, what did I just get myself into? I just welcomed a very well-known rabbi, teacher, into my house. Do you think that maybe she was experiencing a little bit of pressure of making sure that the house was spotless and that the meal was going to be perfect? I do. Now, granted, Martha didn't have the problem that some of us young families do, you know, where we're pretty sure that she wasn't married because she was living with her sister Mary and with her brother Lazarus. And that just wasn't done if you were married in those days. And so she probably didn't have any toddlers running around destroying the house just after she cleaned it. You young parents, you know what I'm talking about. But the reality is, is that she had her to-do list in hand, and her to-do list consisted of cleaning the house, roasting the meat, baking the bread, setting out the fine dinnerware, pouring the wine, and the list goes on. And in the midst of her frantic pace, she missed out on Jesus' peace. Here's the first fill-in that I want to share with you today. Are you ready? Martha's pace isolated her from Jesus' peace. Let me say that again. Martha's pace isolated her from Jesus' peace. Now, if you take a look at the uh, picture that's coming up on the screen here, 
This is a picture of a first century Jewish house. They did not have open concept homes in those days where the kitchen and the living room would all be together so that people who were working in the kitchen could also participate in the conversation. That wasn't how they designed their homes. No, in those homes in those days, they would often have the kitchen on the first floor together with the barn area so that there was just very easy. It was just very functional to be able to get water, milk, meat, and so on into the kitchen that way. Where Jesus would have been teaching in that house, where, where Mary would have been listening to Jesus, would have been on the upper level. And so by virtue of the location, the proximity, Martha, due to all of her preparations in the kitchen, was actually isolating herself from being together with Jesus. She was actually isolating herself from experiencing the conversation and the focus of Jesus' attention would be on giving her peace. But she missed out on it because she was too busy. Now, this is where you and I need to do a heart check. We need to have a heart check here. In the midst of all of our busyness, we have great Christmas traditions. I love decorating our home. I love eating good meals. I love getting together with family and friends and so on. Those are all great traditions. But if they're based more on what people think, in other words, if that's what matters to us and less on what Jesus thinks, then it becomes idolatry. It is, in fact, sin. And here's a great definition of what sin is. Sin simply is the wrong order. Martha had all the right things on her list, didn't she? I mean, she had a get-together. She had a meal. She even had Jesus in her home. But she had the wrong order, even though she had all the right things on her list. Because in her mind, what was most important was the meal preparation. What was least important was spending time with Jesus. Do you see how that becomes sinful? The problem is, is that we so often fall into the same trap, don't we? And when we put Jesus on the bottom of the list, that's when we rob ourselves of the peace and joy that Jesus wants to give us. You see, our pace also isolates us from Jesus' peace. And you see, where there is sin, where there is wrong order in our lives, where there is wrong priorities, there is no peace, right? I want to share with you a quick story from my college days. So I had just purchased my first car for 500 bucks. Yeah, I was really going out there with this one. You know what? It had a big V8 engine. It was an old Dodge station wagon. Every college guy's dream. <laughs> Chick magnet, totally. But here's the thing. So as I was driving home that first Christmas, um, you know what? You go out of some of those small towns and you just tend to think that the speed limit is going to go up because you're out into country. And they just purposefully keep the speed limit sign lower. You want to know what happens when you push down on the gas pedal too much in a 25-mile-an-hour zone with a big V8 engine? You get arrested. That's what happens. 
Yeah, because here's the thing. The police officer actually clocked me at over 50 miles per hour in a 25-mile-an-hour zone. Whoops. It's a terrible feeling when you see blue and red lights coming up behind you and you realize they're for you and not someone else. And so I pulled over and he asked me, do you know how fast you're going? The worst answer you can say is, I don't know. (laughs) But I seriously did not know because I wasn't paying attention. Where there is sin, there is no peace. Much like I was at that moment in the car. Do you realize that that was the very reason why Jesus was in the living room there at Martha's house? Was to bring her peace. The very reason why Jesus came in the first place to be born in a manger was so that one day, 33 years later, he could go to the cross and he could take all of our regrettable moments. Those times when we look at our lives and we think, how did I get here? And then we realize, oh yeah, that's right. I had maybe all the right things on my list, but I put them in the wrong order. I had the wrong priorities. Jesus says, you are forgiven. My blood for you. My life for you. You are loved and you are forgiven. You see, that's the peace that Jesus came to give. But again, Martha missed out because of her pace. Now, let's continue. Let's look at verses 39 and 40. It says, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. You know, it's so interesting that that Greek word that is used for distracted here literally means to be dragged around. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but that's a pretty accurate description in how we feel sometimes during the Christmas season. We're just being dragged around by our schedules. That there's just so many things to do, so many things on our to-do list that we just feel helpless to change. We feel helpless to change our schedules because, oh boy, we're going to disappoint someone if we don't do this or if we don't get that. And what happens in the process is that when we're trying to complete all these to-dos, that we push God to the background. We push him to the back burner. This is our next fill-in. Are you ready? Satan twists the good to become bad when we push God out of the good. Listen again. Satan twists the good to become bad when we push God out of the good. Much like our Christmas traditions, it was good for Martha to have family and friends over at her house. It was a good thing. Just like our Christmas gatherings, they're a good thing to hang out. It was good to be able to have time with Jesus. But the problem with her was that she bought into Satan's twist of taking that good and making it something bad because Martha pushed God out of the good. She didn't have time to listen to Jesus. And you know what often happens in our relationships? 
is that when we push God out of our relationships, out of those good relationships that we have, that's when we begin to point the finger of blame at other people when things go wrong, don't they? And we get frustrated and angry at each other. That's what happened here. That's the very reason why Martha came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care? Tell her to help me. You see, Martha was blaming Jesus. This good thing of having Jesus teaching in her room. And she was pointing the finger of blame at Jesus for all of her problems and the stress, saying, hey, I just need some help here. When in reality, Jesus was just simply saying, I'm here for you. Why are you trying to shoulder the load all by yourself? You see, that's the demonic twist. When all of these good things that we have, Satan twists to become bad when we push God out of the good. Notice Jesus' answer then to Martha. If we continue here in verses 41 and 42, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Can you sense Jesus' compassion? He could just visibly see the stress on Martha's face. And he loved her anyway, even though she was there pointing the finger of blame at him. And so he just compassionately reminded her and all of us, and get ready, here's the next fill-in, our hurry too often causes us to worry. Our hurry too often causes us to worry. I have been so guilty at times of just rushing around, filling my schedule so full of things to do, that I forget to pray, that I don't even have time to pray, that I don't have time to pray away the worries and surrender my schedule to Jesus. And that's why Jesus, as we start this Christmas season, he invites us to simplify, to slow down and simplify. That's why he said to Martha, hey, just listen, Few things are needed or indeed only one. Let me ask you, what's the one thing that we need? Jesus, right? That's the one thing that we need. And he was right there in Martha's living room. He was right there to give her the peace she wanted. He was right there to give her the good that she was longing for. He was right there to give her the happiness and joy that she wanted. And yet she was looking at, at all these other things to try to find her source of joy. And all the while, Jesus is saying, I'm right here. Just slow down and simplify and listen to me. That's why years later, the Apostle Paul would actually write to a group of, of Christians in Philippi. He said, do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You know what's so interesting is that that same word in the Greek that is translated anxious is the very same word that Jesus used to describe Martha when he said, you are worried. Anxious, worried. Same Greek word. And you want to know what its root meaning means? To be pulled apart in multiple directions. Oh, 
My goodness, if that doesn't describe how we feel during the Christmas season, I don't know what does. Pulled apart in multiple directions. That's what causes our stress. Jesus says, hey, instead of looking for your peace and your joy in all of these other things, instead of focusing on what other people think, focus on what I think. Focus on me. And all of these other things will not stress you out. Sign me up, right? That sounds great. And my friends, that's the whole reason why Jesus said that Mary has chosen what is better. And oh, by the way, Jesus also makes a very important point in Matthew 6, verse 25, when he says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And of course, then what does he say after that? He goes on to say, hey, your heavenly father is going to give you all these things. He knows you need them. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. It's all about priorities. And that's why Jesus says that Mary has chosen what is better. She chose Jesus. And when she chose that time with Jesus, she received a great blessing. Here's our final fill-in. With Jesus, I have an ally to help me simplify. With Jesus, I have an ally to help me simplify. Jesus simplifies our Christmas season by helping us focus our attention more on what I need than on what I want. I have an ally to help me simplify. And here's the thing. So, this book that Jesus spent 1,500 years writing that we call the Bible, do you realize this is God's love letter to you and me? He loves us so much, he spent 1,500 years writing this book. 66 different books contained within this book, written by 40 different guys, and they all point to one thing, the one thing that we need. Jesus, the one who bought us back from our sin, gave his life so that we could have life forever in heaven. My friends, he is our ally. He understands our schedules are busy. I, I think Jesus has a one-up on us with how busy his schedule was, but he understands how busy our schedules are, and he says, hey, the more that you spend time in this book the more I'm going to come alongside as your ally and help you simplify. Follow Mary's example. Spend some time listening to Jesus. Let's be a Mary in a Martha world. Huh? Let's be a Mary in a Martha world. Now, that being said, I want to give you just real two practical takeaways of what can help you during this busy Christmas season is as you and I seek to do this together, to, to simplify our lives. Here's the first thing. We want to ask ourselves the question, what can I do to create simplicity in my schedule? So in other words, how can I slow down my pace so that I can experience more of Jesus' peace? So 
what I want you to do, and, and I'm going to do the same thing, is let's take a look at our schedules this week and ask ourselves the question of what can I say no to so that I can say yes to the best, so that I can say yes to more time with Jesus. All right? Okay, are we agreed? We can do that together? Okay. All right. Second thing. That didn't sound so certain. What's going on here? All right. So now, here's the second thing. We want to be able to be like Mary and spend more time in the Word. And over the course of the last couple of weeks, I came across an awesome devotion reading plan in YouVersion, the YouVersion Bible app. I know many of you make use of that. Um, If you don't, find me on the patio. I'll, I'll show you how to set it up on your smartphone. But here's the thing. So in that YouVersion Bible app, there is a great five-day reading plan called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. It is awesome. So The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Now, understand that it's going to challenge you just like it challenged me. Because what it's going to ask us to do is to notice the source of frustration and stress and anxiety that we often experience when we're hurried. And then it's going to challenge us to say no to some of those things so that then we can simply be present in love with those around us. You know, the the guys group that I had back in in Green Bay, Wisconsin, that I was a part of, we, we had a mantra. This was our mantra. Wherever you are, be there. You know what that means? Be present. Be present in love. How that would change some of our relationships, especially during this Christmas season. So my friends, let's rely on our ally to help us simplify. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good and so gracious. You want what's best for us. You want us to be able to experience the peace and joy that you sent your son Jesus to bring And so often, Lord, we we look for joy and we look for peace in all the wrong places, in what other people think of us, and in all the to-dos on our list. And Lord, help us be a Mary in a Martha world. Help us to be able to focus on you and to spend time with you, to say no to maybe something that is good so that we can say yes to the best of being with you in your word. We ask your blessing on each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we hear Pastor Chris's closing thought, I'd just like to say thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head to cwlk.church or come and see us on a Sunday morning. There are directions on our website. Now, a closing thought from Pastor Chris. All right, just the final thought here before we go. And that is just, again, asking and answering the question, what can I say no to to help me simplify so that I can say yes to the best of getting more time with my Savior, Jesus? Let's keep that thought in mind. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit 
be with all of you. Amen.